Sports fans, welcome to the post-college uh, football ranking edition of TMG, the podcast. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, joined by Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart in Atlanta, Mark Blauchin, Jersey Guy, and Jersey Guy 2, Tom Lucci, uh, sitting in for Herb Gould. Herb, uh, I think, is, uh, has some personal issues to deal with that involve a golf course I think in Phoenix somewhere. I think this is Herb's annual junket to to uh, to Arizona, and so we wish him luck. And as we always say, when Herb's golfing, four, four. So anyway, let's get to started. Let's thank our sponsor, APBAAppaGames.com. Uh, Appa Games is the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games, and this week I think. The game I'm looking for uh, APA to run is maybe the rematch between Georgia and uh, Alabama. That's not going to happen, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I wonder how that would turn out game three. But we will get to that. That's the big story, I think, and we're going to go to Mr. College Football. Tony, last week you predicted correctly that Georgia suffering a second loss would cost your Bulldogs a chance at the playoffs, which is exactly what happened. But in the aftermath, uh, there has been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, post-ranking uh, debate over whether Georgia really did belong. Now, last week you said they weren't going to make it. Now, has your position changed that they should have made it? My, my position was that they should have made it because, <laughs> because the game had not been played yet and the way that they played Alabama – uh, I thought they deserved a shot, but I completely understood why they picked Oklahoma. The last thing I wrote before I left Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium Saturday night was that uh, Georgia would not get in. So I wasn't surprised. Right. But I, 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 I happen to think right now that Georgia is the th- second or third best team in the country. only gripe that I have is this. Don't, you know, we all love Bill Hancock to death. I consider him a dear friend. But don't keep coming out and telling me that you're going to pick the four best teams when that's not what you're doing. You're picking the four teams that deserve to go and who have the best resume. And again, I have no problem with that. But let's 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 just let's just knock off the idea that you're taking the four best teams because that's not what happened. Well, Tony, they also they also say conference championships matter. That's also in their mandate. So there is sort of a checkoff there, I think. Uh, that maybe that went into the decision making. Tom Tom Lucci, let's bring Lucci in on this. Do you have any issues, gripes, uh, disgruntlements, if that's a word, with with what happened and, and Georgia getting left out? No, and I have the highest regard for Tony. I mean, he knows that, but I don't think, in, in my mind, Georgia had their chance. They had their chance against a team that lost their starting quarterback. It was in a neutral site in the state of Georgia. Um, and they didn't win. They had a 28-14 lead. They didn't win. It, you know, it's kind of that simple. And, again, the conference championship thing matters. I, I think Oklahoma, what you can say about them, since they you generally don't get a second chance to, to play teams, but uh, since they did beat Texas, they beat every team on their schedule. You know, and I think that's important. They won a conference championship. And as bad as their defense is, and I will tell you, 
it's historically bad. Their offense is historically good. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's a different game of football now. Not everybody plays Alabama LSU defense. It's just not that way anymore in, in a lot of the leagues. You know, you see that with Ohio State went, went uh, 12 and 1 with a horrendous defense. You know, and Michigan uh, didn't win its division with a very good defense. So it's a different kind of game, and I think it's trending more towards Oklahoma. I think they got the right four teams. I didn't think Ohio State deserved to be in. Um, again, uh, Oklahoma, good number four. I actually think Oklahoma's going to give – I told Blau this the other day. I think Oklahoma's going to give uh, Alabama some fits. Jersey guy, Blau, Mark Blossom, do you think Oklahoma will give Alabama fits? For a while, but I'm not quite sure how long that will last, whether it goes into the, into the second quarter, second half, or third quarter. But getting back to the Georgia thing – and the best team, the problem I have is they keep on changing the parameters. Last year, Alabama didn't win its own division, but was regarded as one of the four best teams, and they made it. And obviously, with justification, because they won the national championship. So do you keep on changing the rules every, every year? Well, it's tough to follow the rules. <laughs> well, you know, that, you know they, used, they used to have a manual. <laughs> to, to, quote, to quote Mark Blousey, quoting the infamous Barbara Hedges, that was then, and this is now. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I, I, I think, you know, it is an interesting case, but this idea, I think the idea that Oklahoma can't play with Georgia or Alabama, it, it was disproven in the Rose Bowl last year. I mean, you had, here you had a Big 12 team that can't play defense against the powerhouse Georgia team from the SEC. It was 48-48 after regulation, 1,000 yards of rushing, so... I think Alabama can score on any uh, – uh, Oklahoma can score on anybody. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much – you know, if, if Oklahoma is anywhere close to as good as Georgia, then they sh- – based on what we saw Saturday, they should be able to give Alabama, uh, Alabama a game. I, I don't know. It, it, the interesting thing is for all the, you know, the machinations of this system – and the committee and all that we went through with 13 people. Let's get eyeballs on it. Guess what, fellas? The BCS rankings, there's a, there's a site out there that still runs the BCS rankings. They had the almost exact identical top 16 <laughs> in the BCS formula as the humans. Almost identical. There was a couple Florida LSU were flipped uh, in one, and there was another flip Kentucky, I mean, uh, West Virginia and Texas, I think. Other than that, it was the four was the same top four. So why do we have a committee if the BCS form, uh, formula, which we trashed for sixteen years, produced the same result? Anybody, Blau? What about what's your take on that? Well, you know, you're right, and uh, but again, it, it, I think politics gets involved here. And Tony mentioned this earlier. I think you mentioned it too, Duke. So I think the committee was, as much as anything, was more hesitant about shutting this year, especially with Notre Dame involved shooting three conference champions out of, out, out of yeah. the, the mix. I mean, I that, think that was a factor. Yep. That, let me, guys, let me tell you, in that room, they were facing the real possibility, as Blau said. That committee was saying, you know what we're about to do? We are about to leave out three conference champions, three big five, conf- big power five yep. conference champions, and... We're going to, for the second straight year, we're going to put two teams from the SEC in. We can't do that. We can't. We can't do it. Politically, we cannot do that. And so I, I think that was a factor. The, and uh, 
you know, and it showed, they showed, they revealed just how painful a decision that was by uh, dropping Georgia only to number five ahead of Ohio State. They, guys, the discussion, Ohio State, I'm telling you, for all the stuff that Rob Mullen said, I'm telling you, Ohio State was never discussed. Right. It was Georgia and Oklahoma for the fourth spot. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but... Uh, so, so now we've got the matchups. Um, well, dude, wait a minute, one second. Right. Why was that? Let me ask Tony too. Why was it? Why was Notre Dame such a cinch? If you had put UCF's name on that schedule, does UCF get in? No. No, uh, but Luch, you know the answer to that question. And the, the answer one, to one the game, question, their schedule is, turned out is, to be historically weak this Notre year. Notre Dame. <laughs> right, I understand. Their schedule is better than Alabama's. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, so yeah. and, and, and well, think about it. If, if Notre Dame's schedule, if the teams on that schedule had been as good as we thought they were going to be, right. that's a hell. That's a hell of a schedule. Agreed. Right. But they weren't. But, but they were. But right. Tom, Tom, Notre Dame, and you have to give them credit. They played. They played games in New York, San Diego, Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, Wake Forest, uh, they are America's team. They will go, you know, they're the, they're the playing. Right, let's go over that, though. So they played in Los Angeles against a 5-7 and seven USC team. They played Virginia uh, at Blacksburg against a uh, Virginia Tech team that lost to Old Dominion. I'm not saying uh, They played in Wake Forest against a 6-6 six and six Wake Forest team. Let's keep going. They didn't lose any games. You're, we're arguing about... Uh, Games that Georgia Georgia lost two games that Notre Dame didn't lose. I understand. They also didn't have to play a conference championship game, so Notre Dame always have, has an advantage. Uh, yeah, guys, I, I just think I think the committee has made its peace with Notre Dame not playing in a conference championship game. The issue is they're they're never well never say never. I don't think Notre Dame, given the landscape we had this year is going to ever get in at 11 and 1 unless everybody's got a loss. Right. right. Then then maybe. But I, I think I think the committee has made their peace with Notre Dame not playing in the conference championship game. We can, we can argue it all day, but uh, I I don't think that's a I don't think that's a fact. Well, you know what? Uh, Notre Dame plays in a conference that has Stanford and uh, and USC in it every year. I mean, they play those schools every year. They play in a conference that, you know, so yeah, you know, they're different. Tony's right; they are a different animal, and they're looked at differently. But uh, I don't, I don't know how, how you can dismiss them. And they still had a superior schedule strength to to uh, Central Florida, uh, as bad as as Notre Dame's schedule was, as you say. But uh, nobody in the, no, but none of the top four teams played a good schedule. You know, Alabama was, I think it was 44, Clemson was 40, Notre Dame was 40-something, uh, Oklahoma's. So, uh, you know, playing a great schedule was not a prerequisite for getting into this year's championship game. Blau, do you have any final thoughts before we move on to another topic on this? No, but, yeah, I mean, but again, it's, it's, and, what, and Jordan's schedule was what, number five? Six. Six, yeah. okay. So they got penalized for... I mean, they they said they they lost. They lost the conference games. They had to play those three games. But, you know, but, so it goes both ways. I don't know what what to make of that. Well, they they have a twenty they have a twenty point loss on their schedule, and that you know, 
I guess that should matter, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it did come down to one team had two losses, as good as everything else looked. Um, but uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Last one, too. Let Go me ahead. just throw this out here. Throw it. Last one, throw, throw this out. If, if Georgia had finished this season 11-1, didn't have to play Alabama in the championship game, you know, the way Alabama did last year, didn't have to play Alabama, and they're 11-1, do they get in over Notre Dame? Yes. Okay, that's all I want to know. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. but you know, that's that's. Uh, but like well, you said, the problem, no, is, the problem is the one loss would have been twenty points. That's that's true. Right. Right. And that's the other thing right. is, as you said, Notre Dame, as you noted, could not afford the luxury of a loss. Uh, Tony's right. I don't think Notre Dame had to go undefeated, and they did. So, I think we have to give them some, you know, some credit for that. Uh, their schedule is always going to be their schedule. Some years it's going to be one of the toughest schedules in the country. Uh, they don't yeah. they don't write their schedule up to try to dodge people. It just turns out that way sometimes. Look, I understand. I'm just I'm basing it on this year and now and the way things happen. And we have the full body of work. And in retrospect, I, uh, the majority of the teams they played were not good, you know, record wise. Well, They're not as good yeah, as they traditionally are. It's a great argument, but I it, it you know as far as. Uh, Interest in the bowl games, I, I think a lot of us are, are curious to see how Oklahoma fares against Alabama because that's sort of a referendum on what the committee did. Um, you know, and saying, well, you know, if they get blown out, it's like, well, man, maybe Georgia should have been in. Obviously, so, but, but there is, we will have some sort of a marker there, I think. Uh, you know, and that, that, you, everyone has to agree that it na- nationally, it's more interesting that Oklahoma's playing Alabama than Georgia's playing Alabama again. Anybody disagree yes. with that? Yeah. No. Hey, Roots, I, got a, I got a question, Roots. In your mind, then, the four best, the, the four teams that should be in there are, are, are Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm I, I saying mm-hmm. I know that Georgia had a 20-point loss, and as I said, I view their regular season 11 and one. Number five schedule or sixth schedule in the country, you know some really good wins uh, again versus Notre Dame. Didn't have, doesn't have to play in that, you know. That's how I would compare them apples to apples pre-conference championship game because why penalize Georgia significantly for having to play in that and against the number one team in the country? All right, well, all right, Tom. What about you're you're comparing undefeated? Let's compare undefeated teams here. What did Notre Dame do against Syracuse? And what did Clemson do against Syracuse? Two undefeated teams. Why is Clemson get, getting the, the free ride in this uh, when you have common opponents? Uh, so you know, no, there's you know, Notre Dame crushed Syracuse uh, at Yankee Stadium, and, and Clemson didn't crush Syracuse. So with a third string quarterback. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, t- I'm saying where was where was uh, where was the Syracuse Clemson game? Was it wasn't that a home game? Yeah, it was a home game, but they lost yeah, their quarterback in the first quarter. Well, I mean, but you know, it was still Clemson at home, and who was who was the quarterback they brought in uh, that saved the day, Tony? That was uh, I forget his name now. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce, somebody from Lithonia, Georgia. Yeah, so. he'll he'll have a he'll have a statue if they want. You know, if they want, they end up winning the title uh, for what he that pass he threw on fourth down or whatever it was was amazing. That was the season. All right, let's move on to a lot of lot of subjects. Urban Meyer retiring again, um, and I, you know, we're we're also cynical because we've seen this story five times. I remember when he retired the first time, 
at Florida for 24 hours. Um, Tony, are, are you buying this as the final act of Urban Meyer, age 54? No, no. I think he'll sit out a year. Now, now he's, he, people I've told you, his health issues are absolutely real. Okay, that's that that he is that cyst on his brain. <laughs> he said somebody said, "Well, the problem is, is that you're not supposed to be under stress." I said, "Well, yeah. I don't think he can. I don't think you can avoid that." Uh, I think Urban Meyer will sit out a year. Hopefully, he will get uh, healthy, and somebody is going to come after him with a with a mega offer. And I think he goes back. Now, Herb Street said yesterday he didn't think he would. I. Urban's what fifty four something yeah, like that fifty four yeah, yeah. yeah I, I if he you got to qualify everything by saying is he healthy if he is healthy I think he comes back where you at with USC depends on <laughs> depends on who who needs a, who needs a coach uh, but it would be the entertainment value alone of him going to USC would be worth it it absolutely would be worth it. Well, um, let me tell you about USC's problems with Clay Helton. Now they just—we'll get into their signing of uh, uh, Cliff Clingsbury. Uh oh, Mark's are Marky still there? I'm here. Okay, we got—we had something happen there. It's all right. Tony, you still there? I'm here. I'm getting weird. Look, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, USC—the <laughs> the, the Pac-12 schedule came out uh, this week, and USC's first six games. This is what Clay Helton is facing now. Fresno State, they play Stanford, Utah. They play uh, at Notre Dame, at Washington, at BYU. That's that's Clay Helton. That's his second chance uh, to get it right. You, Duke, what is it about you Pac-12 guys? You guys <laughs> do not know how to schedule. I, I, I said, I, I wrote, I've already eliminated him from the playoff next year. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. What? Why did Notre Dame get so early that next year? Who is the always, commissioner of that league anyway? It's I mean, all, come on. Uh, Tom, it's always early when it's the, when it's at Notre Dame. It's always in October because, oh, okay. of, because of the weather. And then when it's... Oh, when, that, that would be an October game. Okay. Yeah, October. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that's the last one. I think I had the order wrong. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Tony, what about Florida State for Urban? Oh, I... I would love that so much. The, the sight of Ur- listen, the sight of Urban Meyer walking back into the swamp as the coach of Florida State. Now that now that's entertainment, boys and girls. That would be tremendous. Because that seems like a program it won't take long to rebuild. No, no, because because they're in state. They got tradition. They're in the state of Florida. Uh, no, it, it would not take long at all. Uh, Jer- uh, Jersey guy Blauchen. Uh, what is Urban Meyer's legacy? He he seems very uh, uh, interested and concerned about his legacy, and very he takes it very personally. What is his legacy? Well, I think he's going to go down as one of the best college coaches of all time for what his record is. You can't argue against that, um, and that that'll be his legacy. I, I I think his next move, if he does make a move, will be in the NFL. Why? Because he's got, he's already proven what he can do in college football. He's got, you know, he's got, he's got three national championships. I mean, well, that's a, um, that's a, that's a risky that's, move that's, for that's your legacy. legacy. I mean, and, and to go back, and, and to go, USC might might intrigue him, but anything else than that, I don't think he would go anyplace other than USC. 
a Florida State. I hadn't thought about Florida State, but that's possible. But I, th- I think he, I think he won. He's, he's, he's very close friends with Belichick. I talked to Belichick about it. And I, and I, and I, th- I think if there's an opening next year in the NFL, there will be openings in the NFL. I think he'll be, he'll consider it. Boy, I don't see that. That's guys. Here's a question that I have about Urban Meyer. When, when his obituary is written, where will the Zach Smith reference be? Will it be in the second paragraph? Will it be in the tenth paragraph? Where will it be? Footnote. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It dep- You know, if he, it, it, it will recede, and I think that's why he's taking a year off to let everything settle down. Uh, you know, Zach Smith wasn't his first issue off the field. Right. He had, you know, 30 player arrests at, at, at Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. He's, uh, I don't know if he should come back, but I, I, I'm guessing Tony, you're right that he will, that he just can't, can't stand it. He can't, as much as it, it pains him to coach, I think not coaching probably hurt, well, you know, it pains him more. So, um, well, it'll be interesting, uh, and of course we'll be we'll get to handle it out here in the Rose Bowl, which thank goodness I'm glad the Rose Bowl ended up with a good game. It deserves a good game, uh, even though it is it is is the second banana game this year. Uh, but Washington and and Ohio State will be a good game. Con- I, I think the Washington's defense is is legit. Their offense is what it is, but uh, Washington's defense will be able to I think to make that an interesting game. Uh, let's move on. Tony, I want to bring you back in. You wrote a, a good story, really good story today about uh, Jalen Hurts and what he did in the SEC title game and sort of how it relates to the trend of, you know, of grad transfers or what you should do. Should you stay or should you go? Jalen Hurts stayed and is being hailed as a hero for not bailing out on the program, even though he lost his starting job. It's an interesting question, but to tell us a little bit about Jalen's decision and, and his dilemma and, and, and what it means for grad transfers. Well, and, and he's, he's going to graduate in, in December. And the issue was, obviously, after he lost his job to Tua, what was, what was he going to do? And, and you know, one, one of the things that happened after the national championship last year, you know, he was hugging his parents. His dad's a high school coach in Texas. And he says, what, what do I do now? And his dad said, we're going to fight. We're going to stay. We're going to fight. And his, uh, he really only had two choices. The only place he could have played college football this year at, at the FBS Division One, uh, FBS level, the only place he could play this year was the University of Alabama. If he went to any other school, he would have to sit out. Uh, right. A year, okay, because he, he, he doesn't graduate until December. And Nick Saban, in one of probably one of the best recruiting moves he's ever made, he convinced, he convinced Jalen Hurts that his best option was to stay at Alabama, to work at getting better. If the goal is to be a quarterback in the NFL, to work on getting better, uh, bringing in uh, Dan Enos from Arkansas to work with the quarterbacks, and that you'll play. And you never know, the opportunity may rise up. Uh, it may come along. And so yeah. he decided to stay. His, his family decided he would stay, and he played all year. And when you watched him play, you could tell that he was better. And then when he came in the other night, I mean, guys, the, 
the irony mm. of that situation oh, amazing. simply hung over the entire building. I, I tweeted out when he came into the game. I said, the, the irony here is incredibly thick. <laughs> what, if, you know, what if he comes back and does this? And, of course, I spent the last five minutes on the field, and he did. It was, uh, you know, he, yeah. he let an 80-yard drive and threw a 10-yard touchdown pass like a bullet. And then, of course, uh, scored the winning touchdown. It was uh, somebody on the field after the game. An Alabama person came to me and says, "Man, you can't, you can't make this stuff no, up. No, if, no. If you tried to sell, if you tried to sell the script to Hollywood, they'd laugh you out of the room. It was, it was just a great story." Tom, Tom Lucci, this is. I mean, and I wrote about this. This is why we we like we watch sports. It's the it's the last. You know, it's really unscripted drama. Uh, and, and it, you know, people say, you, you know, I said, my sister's an art history major and she has no idea why, you know, why people are interested in, in, in this. And I said, you know, well, it's, it's drama. You, said, you don't know how it ends. Uh, and, and this is what we saw last weekend. Yeah. Look, I mean, the, the poetic justice was just perfect, you know, for everything that he had gone through. Um, I'm not, I'm not that concerned about this so-called proliferation of grad transfers because, yeah. um, uh, you know, listen, kids got to do what they have to do. And if they if they graduate college in three years, they take ownership of their situation, which they don't have for the first three years. Right. So more power to them. They should have all the power that they can get, you know, in that situation if they've earned it, which they clearly have. I have no problem with it. I, I think you have to go to, you know, I mean, look at Michigan. Michigan was would have been without a quarterback this year. You know, uh, probably would have would not have come close to going ten and two. <laughs> Washington, Washington, but, Washington State, same same ten and Washington two story. State, same thing, right? ten mm-hmm. and two, same record. So sometimes it's it's opportunity if you've earned that ability to make that move. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And, and Tony, no, I, yeah, Tony Jalen Hurts might transfer anywhere, right? I mean, he might still. I, I, no, I think he's going to transfer. Yeah, he should go to Oklahoma, Tony. Yeah, I, 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 I threw I threw that in the bottom of my story, Luke. Uh, that o- Blau and I talked about this yesterday. That Oklahoma would be perfect. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts and his skill set being matched up with Lincoln Riley? Yes, I mean, Agreed. come on. Yeah. And I, Oklahoma's about Norman. Oklahoma's about a six-hour drive from where he lives uh, in law in uh, in Texas. And I think you know he. I, I think playing the role of uh, Russell Wilson, uh, that's that's going to be Jalen Hurts next year. Right. And Mark Blauchin, uh getting back to the tr- grad transfer, Gardner Minshew the second, uh, he was offered a chance to, to play at Alabama too. That was a good. Yeah, thing, he was. Good thing he didn't go there to, to uh, you know, he he resurrected his career. So, uh, I, you know. I think it's. I don't. I'm like Lucy. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, if you if you put him in three years and you get the degree, I have a problem with schools that that after you graduate, tell you where you can't go to play. That's ridiculous. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. Just can't. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. So I I think I don't think it's one or the other. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Jalen because of what Jalen Hurts did. He, I mean, he that's great what he did, and it's also great what Gardner mentioned did and, and what. Uh, and what the, all these other guys did, uh, Shea Patterson, and going back to Russell Wilson, and, and if, if you if you if you want to make the move, make the move. All right, uh, let's let's move on. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive coordinator, USC Trojans, which is 
I wrote last, a couple weeks ago, when they decided to keep Clay Helton, I said, all right, what the coach has to do is get out of the way, become the CEO, go find the best offensive coordinator in the country, or one mm-hmm. of them, get out of the way, and that's his only chance. Is, is, that, is this a good hire, uh, Tom, Tom Lucci? Is this a good hire well, for the best thing, Well, the best thing about it is, Ryan Gosling has a backup for the sequel to La La Land. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Won't have to go very far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think having seen, uh, I, I probably saw, was able to catch about four USC games this year. I, I, I think there's <laughs> Sorry. a promise. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. A promise on their offense. I don't think there's any question, especially, you know, uh, you start a true freshman, you're going to get some of those issues. But, yeah, I think that's exactly what they need for that offense. They need somebody with, uh, you know, a little creativity to kind of get them out of, uh, you know, I don't know, you would know better, but it just seems like they've been stuck in student body right, student body left uh, since John McKay. You know, <laughs> so maybe jazz that up a little bit and, and add a little, because yeah. they certainly have athletes. Yeah. So they, why not take advantage of them? The startling statistic was is that USC had no player on the first team, or I think first or second team all back. 12 this year with, with, you know, top five recruiting classes, which immediately goes right to coaching. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's interesting. USC always has this power heritage. And, and the, the, I think the trick for, for Cliff is to, to some, you know, maybe kind of try to run a power air raid, you know, a power air raid where you, mm-hmm. you incorporate the athletes. Tony, we talked about this last week about, you know, what if you ran the triple option with – you know, with uh, Paul Johnson's, you know, at an elite, where you elite, elite <laughs> athletes. And that's some of the intrigue. I mean, Washington State runs it because Ooh. they can't get USC athletes. They got to run the, you know. Right. The, so what? Well, yeah. The 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 problem the problem with what Mike Leach does is is it, it snows. He, he knows the passing game better than anybody. But the Washington game is Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> Why it is hard. To, to do what Mike and nobody else could do, do it as well as Mike Leach can. To to me, if you don't have a mobile quarterback to put the RPOs into play, the way the rules are set up now, you have got to be able to do those things because they just the rules just the rules are set up to allow you to do it. So I think I think what USC's and, and Kingsbury can do this. I think it's I think it's a good hire. It it'd be a better hire if they could get Sam Darnold to come back. <laughs> but, but but well, but I think I, I think USC's got athletes. And I, but I'll tell you what, JT Daniels is not a RPO type quarterback. He's he's no. not a great runner. Um, you know, he's more like Josh Rosen at UCLA, more of a prototype. But it, it is an interesting hire, and and, he, and let's give him credit. He had to do something big, and and they did something big. Uh, but. Uh, Jersey guy, let's bring you in. And I guess the other big story, one of the big stories of the week, is Bill Snyder finally retired at Kansas State. Um, I, uh, Blau, I'll never forget going into Kansas State in 1998 before they played Nebraska uh, yep. and being shut down like we were going, you know, trying to get into East Berlin. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he's so supposedly he's mellowed in 20 years, but you know, <laughs> I, I, you know so, that, was, that was that was a tough trip. So our, you know, our reflections and memories of Bill Snyder, I think, are different than a lot of people's. Uh, I, I certainly respect him, but, uh, you know, I, I thought I thought he could have obviously could have been more open. That, you know, that year where he might have cost Michael Bishop the the Heisman, uh, and I don't know. I, yeah, maybe that's the only way 
he knew how to do it. But you can't overlook what he did at Kansas State. Um, amazing. But Tony, again, and I think, was is this what Nick Saban was talking about? I know when he mentioned about staying, sticking around too long, that he did not want to be that guy. Right. Uh, was he thinking of Bill Snyder, maybe, or was he thinking of somebody else? Was that, I thought of Bill Snyder when, you know, he couldn't get off the stage. Right. And 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 I've, I've talked to my sense from talking to Saban is that he would rather leave a year too early than a year too late. Uh, and I, as much as I respect Bill Snyder, you could tell that things had waned. Obviously he had the health issues, uh, that he had to deal with, but I, but I will say this, I will several years ago, Bill Snyder won the Bobby Dodd coach of the year award. And I'm, and I'm, I'm on that board and it was my job to, interview him for a small thing that would be written up and I and I set it up and I called him and we talked for about 15 minutes and he could 15 20 minutes he could not have been more cordial and then a week later Nick the following week I get a handwritten note from him saying how much he enjoyed our conversation but who I mean who does that yeah and I've heard story after story like that uh, since he stepped down he could he be paranoid? You betcha. <laughs> but but the guy could flex. I mean, what he did at Kansas State yeah. is not only once but twice. And when he took over, it was the worst. Not allegedly the worst, not perhaps the worst. It was the worst program in college football. Tom, Tom Lucci, Whoa. do you have a, you have a Rutgers rebuttal to that? <laughs> you know, maybe Tony meant uh, just over the past 20 years, but since 1869, I think one program stands out. <laughs> one program stands out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom would, you, would you take over the, the rest of this podcast? I have nothing left to say. We're at 33 minutes. Do you have anything to add? You start asking questions. Uh, you, 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 Care about the bowl season? Do you like the bowls or the matchups? Or, or... come on, I love them. I, I I don't know about you guys. I, this you know after you get past the first couple, you know which uh, you don't have a lot of interest in. I, I mean I want to see LSU and UCF. I want to see uh, Washington Ohio State. And, you know some of those games. There are a lot of games that I want to really am interested in seeing. Yeah, I, you know guys, I've always said I, I go by the Roy Kramer point of view. Uh, the old SEC commissioner, he said, if you don't like the bowls, then by all means, go watch Law & Order reruns, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's, they, are, they are strictly there for entertainment, and they're on all the time, and they do, you know what they do, uh, even the worst ones do a pretty good number and pay for themselves, uh, and, it, and it's fun. Lucha's right. I mean, the, the L- how could you not watch LSU and UCF? Because LSU is going to be out there. Well, okay, here we are. Yes, yeah. Bo, that's great. And UCF's going to be, man. If we beat a second SEC team in a row, yeah, you, then we're we're coming out smoking next year. So, yeah, that's... a little disappointed. The Hawaii Bowl is not on Christmas because that was a. Uh... That was always something you could watch later, but uh, it's a little earlier this year, I guess, right? Yeah, that was kind of strange. I did notice that too. Uh, I don't like when there's not games on Christmas, you know, or, or you got because by that time you want to watch a game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and how, how? Listen, with a title like this, how can you possibly ignore it? The Bad Boy Moa's Gasparilla Bowl, <laughs> not right. Marshall and South Park. How could you possibly not watch that? 
Uh, and who, Mark, Mark Glouchin, who does not want to see Boston College in a bowl game on the, on the, against uh, Boise? Tell us that's tell us that's on the, the history of, of that. On a day after Christmas, uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon. Tell us the history. Afternoon. Tell us the history of that, that that rivalry. I mean, that goes back. I mean, <laughs> it goes back to two thousand four when 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 Boston College played Boise State in the what's called the famous Amos Potato. Uh, potato ball game again on Boise State's home field. <laughs> yes. Uh, and BC, I talked to Tom O'Brien about that this week, and, and BC had their Christmas dinner before the game, and, and guess what? They ran out of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great stories of all time. <laughs> yeah, right. They ran out of potatoes. For BC. Um, that's, that's, like uh, the, that's like the Rose Bowl running out of roses, right? I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, we, we, we only had five roses. <laughs> you have to divide them up. Uh, hey guys, there's one. There's one subject we haven't touched on real briefly, and I, right. I talk about it. You know, I think it's. I think it's become a factor. Saturday night, I, I think the Heisman is, is is a race. I I think too is still going to win, but I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be a close race. Well, I I, I I didn't mention that only because I don't. We uh, technically we can't talk about who we voted for, right? No, I mean, we we can't talk about who we voted for. We can talk about the race. The Heisman. I will. I dude, but I would say this. I changed my mind after. Uh, so did I. Uh, but I'm not, so did I. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say why. Where I mean. Are you changing your yeah. mind, Tony? I bet you. What's that? <laughs> change your mind? I don't, no. I'm going to say Tony didn't change his mind, and we no, all three no, of us I did. Said, I said before the game, don't talk to me about Heisman moments. Talk to me right. about Heisman seasons. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that but don't you don't reveal your vote, or you go. You will. I, I, I think I think it'll be a close race. I think it'll be I, very I, close. I, I, I think it'll be very close as well. It's it, it is it was this was and it might not have been for Tony, but I think if it was this was one of my hardest votes uh, I've ever cast. I mean, you really yeah. you really had to you really had to sit down and watch those you know uh, those three games and then wow I mean man they're and and, and you had to fact you, you couldn't you couldn't in my opinion you couldn't just look at the numbers okay you had to look at the competition. Who did who did you put those numbers against? That sort of thing, and that and that made it a, a difficult decision. It did because there were you know Tua was uh, playing under a different set of circumstances on the you know the superior particularly defensive superior team, whereas uh, you know uh, uh, what's his name Haskins and uh, Kyler Murray they were put in positions where they had to <laughs> bail their teams out. I, I, I was going to say. I will say this for Kyler Murray. He said, you know what? We got to score every time yeah. we get the ball. <laughs> so I don't know how you met that. That's, that's the tough. How do you measure that in a Heisman camp? You know, is it a most valuable player? If it's most valuable, then it's, it, it, you know, it's probably uh, Haskins or, or Murray. I mean, most va- because we saw what happened to Alabama when, when the other guy came in. <laughs> There's not a drop. There's not that much of a drop-off. So it's, it is a difficult uh, a tough call, but uh, what else? What else are we missing, uh, Lucci? Or did I miss anything? I wrote ten, five, six things down. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Any big stories out there? Yeah, no, you no. the balls. We got it. Urban, well, how about Mac Brown being back? Yeah, well, we well we touched uh, we touched on that. Tony, we touched on that last week. Are, are you still happy? That's, that's exactly right, Sally, and I'm too <laughs> glad to be back in North Carolina. <laughs> my my goodness. <laughs> Yeah. Great relationship with the high I'm going to say this because I, I was I, I watched this. I, Tom Herman did not cover himself in coaching glory in that game. 
That was as undisciplined and mistake-strewn a Texas team as I've ever seen. Well, I will add, I'm, Tony, I'm sorry to add this to the, you know, at the end, but Kirby Smart, the, the fake punt decision, will, how, will that, how will that go down in uh, Georgia lore? Uh, as has a really, really bad call with the, with the championship on the line. Yeah. Uh, it, and again, it was so many things. Now, look, I, I'm literally, I am standing probably 50 feet away from Kirby Smart when, when that call is made. I'm standing on the Georgia sidelines, and everybody just went, oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was a play that they, they got the look they wanted. It was a play that Kirby had kept in his back pocket for such a for such an occasion. You know, his, his, his mentor, Nick Saban, pulled it off against yes. Clemson several yes. years ago with the onside kick, and it was a chance to win the game. His defense had been out on the field. Um uh, Remember that Jalen Hurts led an 80-yard drive and then like a 50-yard drive, and I guess that was the rationale. The problem was the the Georgia receiver that was unco- it was actually DeAndre Swift yeah. was left uncovered. But the problem is Nick Saban's got 800 assistant coaches, and they were screaming down there, and they got the guy covered before the ball was snapped. Yeah, he was. Uh, Justin Fields was a at least a second or two late snapping the ball, and Alabama made the adjustment. Just And it was fourth and 11. Okay? It wasn't fourth and three. Right. It wasn't fourth and four. It was fourth and 11. That so was Kirby's look. Kirby wanted to be aggressive and win the game right there. I understand that. It didn't work, and that's a call he's going to have to live with. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, Blau, you, anything else to add before we get out of here? No, that's yeah. about it. We covered all the bases, I think. I think it'll be an interesting uh, – Saturday too for for the Heisman, and then we'll see what happens after that. All right. Well, I think Army Navy, Army Navy, well, Army going for ten wins. Yeah, and and it still and never never scratched the surface of the college football ranking, right? I mean, did they make it the final week? And yeah, one of those one of the losses seven points in overtime at Oklahoma. Yeah, that that's arguably, arguably Oklahoma's best one of their best wins. With with forty minutes time of possession against Oklahoma. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> But uh, but Army got it, it got no love from that the committee, which I was uh, a little bit of surprised. But we'll, we'll leave that for another day. All right, good job, guys. Get out of here. Adios. All right.